0: Back straight quarter and
1: 27.5. Presented by Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. Now. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices. Online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896. Or visit
0: horseandhound.com.au. The British Cup at Santa Anita. Yes, Akuta uh, winning last start runs on Sunday at Omaru. Chris Barsby, been talking about this horse for some time, but I understand Mark Purden's posting a bit of a, a word of warning with this horse who's had two trials, I think, leading into Sunday. Chris Barsby, good morning.
2: Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, two trials back. Uh, the first trial was okay as far as getting away from the tapes, so the stand start. He was probably a lot cleaner in his second trial, but he is a three-year-old, technically four, but still listed as a three-year-old going up against older rivals. So, it's a challenge. There's no question about it, but uh, we all know how good he is at Cooter, so a lot to look forward to.
0: Chris, uh, I mentioned Gary Hall Jr. and some young guns driving at Globe Derby tomorrow night in a big driver's series. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it's the Australian Drivers' Championship, Steve, and it features uh, some of our best drivers throughout the country. So, Gary Hall Jr. is there from Queensland. We've got Pete McMullen and his sister, Narissa McMullen. Uh, Emily Savalco will come across from the West. She's one of our rising stars, so she'll make that trip across with Gary Hall Jr. Uh, Wayne Hill's one of the locals. Ryan Ryhorick, Cameron Hart, Kate Gaff. Uh, it's a really good list. Rowan Hilly is there, so uh, Grace Spinelli gets a good opportunity. And James Herbertson, there's some really good raps on James Herbertson from Victoria. So uh, so a great opportunity for uh, these guys to, you know, showcase their skills and their talents and uh, obviously swap a few notes as well. So it
0: should be a great night at Globe Derby tomorrow night and Jimmy mm-hmm. will have all that coverage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cam Hart, some making comparisons with Todd McCarthy at this stage. And just Melton tomorrow night, Chris, what race are you looking forward to the most? We talked about the free-for-all with and Varart, and, you know, Bondi Lockdown and Copy that, but we've got these Emma Stewart Rising Stars going around at that program as well.
2: No, it's the free-for-all for me, Steve, the race that features uh, Lachanvarad, Lock Bondi Lockdown, copy that. As we spoke about earlier in the week, it's it's D-Day in many ways for these guys because that Victoria Cup fast approaching, we're only weeks away now. These guys have got to step up. Lachanvarad, third run back, copy that. Third run back, Bondi Lockdown, he's first up. So if these guys are going to be considered to be serious major players for the Victoria Cup, Uh, they need to make a bit of a statement tomorrow night. So that's going to be a very important race, and I'm sure it's going to have a big impact on that Victoria Cup market The Tab have got up right now because I think there's going to be some serious tweaking depending on how that race plays out tomorrow night. And just
0: before Jared joins us, was there much conversation when you came off with us yesterday, Chris, about this new race, the, the Nullarbor in WA, for the Standard Breds April of next year?
2: Well, I know one thing. The Kiwis are a little bit disappointed because they've got their slot race, which was uh, first staged earlier this year at Cambridge, the race as it's known over there, and it's around the very similar time. So it's unlikely that uh, Western Australia is going to attract any sort of Kiwi representation because they're going to focus on their local feature. So that was a talking point. But I think uh, overall, it was very exciting. Uh, obviously, as we spoke about, there's some um, uh, very wealthy owners based in Perth, and they're going to be, uh, you know, keen to get that horse to to fill that slot for that race, the Nullarbor. But hopefully, we can attract some Eastern State horses to go over there as well, because it's been a long time. COVID's played a role, no doubt. But if we can get some Eastern State stars going across for that race, it's going to be very exciting.
0: Jared Daffy, of course, is with us now, Chris.
2: Jared, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, let's talk about uh, WA tonight because we've got more Group 1 racing. The Westbred features for the two-year-old. We had the three-year-old step out last week. No real surprises there. Uh, we've got a couple of shorties tonight in these features. Uh, they're chasing big prize money. Matty Young outlined this yesterday $215,000 each of these finals. We start with the Race 5, the Westbred Classic for the two-year-old fillies. Zephyr, she's beautifully bred. She's out of tricky sticks. $1. forty-five clear favourite six dollars about cab dollars 750 sweet Vivian and then we're quickly out to double the figures our lady Jen best and the rest at ten dollars is it all one-way traffic
1: it is Chris uh she opened at 150 on Wednesday night that didn't last very long in, quickly into a dollar 45 so that price has been there for a couple of days or day and a half actually there's been some sort of interest in sweet Vivian uh 11 into 750 but pretty solid that favorite Safira uh it's obviously the one dollar50 into a dollar 45.
2: Well, it's short. The uh, Colton-Geldings final, even short of this favourite, never-ending. He's unbeaten, part of this uh, outstanding operation, Justin Prentice, Gary Hall Jr. They combine a twenty. that's the quote for never-ending. Uh, next in betting, uh, we've got a look at the stable, mate, valedictorian. He's at $2, uh, $9.50, I should say. And then we're getting out to uh, $12, Rocket City and Sky Lord. So, fives on, never-ending, Jared.
1: Well what has happened here is never ending open at a dollar fifteen, now at to a dollar twenty. But don't be deterred by that because basically what has happened, Chris and Steve, is that it's a tightening of the percentages. So to explain that, the prices open up and the bookies sort of keep an eye on it to, to get a bit of a feel whether there's a push one way or the other. And if there is, that, that horse shortens and obviously all of the rest go out. Or if nothing much happens, uh, as was the case here, uh, you can basically get a better price practically every, every runner in the field. So they're tightening the percentage up. It could, it's now out to $1.20. The only one that's attracted any interest at all, apart from it, is Sky Lord. And again, most of this each way, number seven, 15 into 12. But uh, $1.20, red hot favourite, never ending.
2: Okay. Uh, the free-for-all is race nine tonight, so this is going to be very late. I think it's about 20 past 11 Queensland time. But for those interested, Laveridge O at Uh The only other runner that's given a chance here is Hampton Banner, who's a very good front runner. He's at 2 20 so a race in two. But there's only four. We've got the scratching of uh, Spine Major, so Leverage O expected to uh, go on his winning ways. He angle tomorrow, too, not... by
1: the way. Okay, happened uh, at one, 165. He's into 160. You're right. Field of four makes it a little bit difficult, but he's the one that punters want to be with at the moment.
2: Righto. Leverage, uh, he's a rising star. I'm, not, I'm sure connections will be aiming towards that Nullarbor race next uh, year with him. Uh, the Carousel Final. This is a time-honored feature in Sydney tomorrow night. Group two event worth $50,000. It's drawn together a very open field. I'll go down the page here. Port Prince at $4. Heaven on high three ninety. Black Onyx 11. Luke John 19, Mason's Delight 17, Unfazed $8, uh, Lois Lip 34, Mr. Bohannon 750, Taytay 350, Blackhawk Joe 31, Boys Have Time 41, Check-In $61. So the favourite is Tay at 350.
1: Now we've got three runners here very closely priced together and it's the shortest of them and it has been the most popular. It actually opened the longest of that trio at 460. It's into $3.50, favourite now. Uh, subsequent to that, we saw Port Our Prince, three seventy out to four, and Heaven on High, <coughs> three seventy out to three ninety. But Tay-Tay, clearly the one there, now into three fifty.
2: okay so good support for Tay-Tay to take out the carousel. The free-throw tomorrow night at Menangal is a very good race because it features the return to racing of expensive so ego. He trialled in sub-50 there recently. He's $1.40, Jared Next in betting, we've got Bundoran, 7 Eight dollars for both Wanui Creek and Alder Orlando. Is it all about expensive ego?
1: I was very interested to see what would happen here, and and getting back to the percentages, starting to tighten up. Dollar thirty-five out to a dollar forty, but all of the others in the market have gone out, or, or as the, uh, as they were before. Alder Orlando seven out to eight, Bundoran seven out to seven fifty, and uh, Wanui Creek still at eight dollars. So nothing has moved. Favorite just edges out a little bit. So. I would have thought if you were going to get a much better price, or he was some sort of a risk, there would have been an avalanche for one or two of those others in the market. That hasn't happened. Punters keep an eye on those type of things, so he's going to be a pretty solid favourite at a dollar forty.
2: Okay, Melton tomorrow night. A couple of features there. We spoke about the Gamalite. We'll touch on that race in just a moment. The tailor-made Lombo is race four for the mares, and we've got a shorty here, Treachery, back in action, a dollar twenty-two. Six fifty about Doug's Babe, and then we're going out to double the figures. Runaway celebrity, best of the rest at ten dollars. Any sort of support for Treachery at
1: those odds? Exactly the same as what I mentioned with those other two shorties. Open a dollar eighteen out to a dollar twenty two. But if you have a look down the fluctuations, you'll see every other horse is either as it was, or has moved out. There's no interest at all in anything to beat Treachery. So it tells me the dollar twenty two is around about what you can expect come race time tomorrow night. Plenty of multi through him at this stage.
2: Okay, race 7 the Gamalite, the three horses we just touched on earlier, they're the only three in the mix here. 250 each of 2 Lock and Varart and Bondi Lockdown, 290, copy that. So where's the money going in that trio?
1: <laughs> this is a nightmare. Now, this market opened up. Lock and Varart, Bondi Lockdown both at 240, copy that at 280. There's a fair bit of percentage there, but once again, I think uh, our bookies or traders were keen to see what would happen probably more so with Lock and Var art and Bondi Lockdown, given that third run in for Lock and Var art and Bondi Lockdown first up, nothing happened. So they're both out to 250 from 240 and copy that from 280 to 290. You would think that there'd be some sort of support for something else. That hasn't been the case. So I actually can't tell you anything because I think punters are as perplexed on this one as bookies.
2: Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's the, the gut feel? Who runs favourite come jump time tomorrow night?
1: I think Bondi Lockdown. Okay. Got leads, Chris. Okay. Uh, good question, Steve. Um,
2: not 100% sure, just looking at that front line.
1: Mm. What do you no. think? Well,.
2: Lock and Varad surely needs to stand up, third run back, and he's got that little bit of an advantage over his rivals in Bondi lockdown, copy that. So does he get the chance to sort of, you know, muscle his way to the front? And if he does, you know, he's easily the horse to beat. So I'd probably lean towards Lock and Varad. I've got great respect to copy that, um, but I'd, I'd probably go towards Lock and Varad at this stage. Okay. All right, well, uh, well just, let's, that brings us to another... It's must yep.
1: viewing given those races that you touched on earlier that are coming up. So, And just on those, of course, we've got a few futures open and irrespective of who wins, that market to win, say, the um, or the Inter-Dominion, et cetera, they will change those markets. So they'll change as soon as they cross the line.
2: Yeah, well, the Victoria Cup's are only weeks away. The 8th of October, the market's up now. There's going to be significant changes following tomorrow night because not only that race, which features those three horses, expensive ego, he's he's going to the Victoria for the Cup as well. If he comes out and puts in a lights out performance, he's going to shorten as well. So, it, it could have um, dramatic ramifications the uh, the results tomorrow night on that market because it's fairly open. And speaking of futures, this week uh, that the features have gone up for New Zealand, that the the Trotting Cup plus the feature Trot race, the Dominion. So those markets are now available.
1: Well, the Trotting Cup, it's not far away. I think it's seven weeks away. And Self Assured opened at $3. Acuda at 5 Copy that. Speaking of copy that, at $6. Spank them 11 Then $15 or better for the rest. A little bit of early activity for Krug. Um, 17 into $15. Uh, but aside from that, no, it's been fairly quiet. And the Dominion on the 11th of November. Uh, we've got there, as uh, my screen updates... It's updating. Updating. Here we go. Friday the 11th of November and Bolt for Brilliance and Sunday Sun, equal favourites here at 250, Muscle Mountain 7, and the rest are 11 or better. So there is a lot of percentage there. Uh, and at the moment, no push one way or the other for those two faves.
2: Okay. Well, those markets could have a bit of a change after the weekend as well, depending on how sure. Akuta and Crew go, because they're both starting on Sunday in that Hannon Memorial at Omaru so and we know that self Short and Spankham stepped out of the trial so it'll be interesting to see how much change comes with those markets over the coming week let's build a multi for the weekend Jared what have you
1: got well it's a little bit of a difficult assignment this week because we didn't have many races to pick from and we've got a lot of shorties but we'll kick off tonight uh, Gloucester Park race five number three Zafira, currently a dollar 45. Menangle tomorrow night. Race six, number nine, Tay-Tay at $3.50. And we'll throw one in from Melton. Uh, race four, number seven, Treachery, twenty
2: two. Okay. So that's Zafira tonight at Gloucester Park. Tay-Tay in the carousel tomorrow night. And Treachery in the tailor-made Lombo. Steve?
0: Horse Ballester I mentioned last 30? week. That was scratch, but it'll go around here, Arnold. Chris, race four, number 13 in Sydney. Ramic okay, four, 13. So four,
2: 13. That's going to be a heavy track tomorrow, isn't
0: it? Well, could come out. Sun's shining again. They could get back into the soft range, Chris, in the morning. Fingers crossed. Okay. Oh, okay.
2: Fingers crossed. So that's uh, Zafira, Tay Tay, Treachery, and Race 4, number 13 in Sydney tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow, Arnold. So we'll uh, we'll go with that for our multi for the weekend. Jared, as per normal, really appreciate the time, and uh, we'll chat again next week. Thanks, guys. Jared Daffy from TAB. You can check out those markets right now by going. Online, tab.com.au, and you can find all of those markets. And for those that miss Maddie Young's best bet tonight at Gloucester Park, it's race two, number two, waterbro. a bro. And the odds are right now with tab, 2.30 fixed. So if you're keen to uh, back Maddie Young's selection for tonight at Gloucester Park and hopefully build your uh, balance for the weekend, it's race two, number two, waterbro bro, 2.30. Kate Butt from Albion Park is about to join us now, communications and membership manager. She's online with us. Kate, good morning.
3: Good morning, Chris.
2: How's the week been?
3: Our uh, week's been good. It's been busy ahead of our big fundraiser tomorrow night, but, um, yeah, great week.
2: OK, so tell us more about what we can expect tomorrow night. It's Pink Ribbon Cup race night, so it's a, a big night.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. We've got our Embracing Pacing Pink Ribbon fundraiser event down in the winning post marquee, so it'll be a really great night. Um, all proceeds go to... The national breast cancer fund so that's fantastic um tickets are still available for that you can get those via our website so that'll be a really great night and then we've got also a thousand dollars every time at number eight wins donated by sky racing the creek and racing queensland so there's a few more things okay. but um all available on our website
2: all right and the other thing tomorrow night we've got dual sulky races so if you put yourself uh you know in the position to win that there's an entry form i think in the race book tomorrow night and if you're drawn out, that race takes place that night, later that night. So you're a chance of being out there on the track and going alongside some of our best drivers here in Queensland.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think it's actually part of the Embracing Pacing um, Pink Ribbon fundraiser night. So they'll be auctioning that off on the night um, with all proceeds going directly to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. So um, I think that'll be pretty popular. I already know a few people are actually bidding on that one. So yeah, have to get down there to that event and be part of that there
2: all right i've got to ask uh, we've had this tradition at albion park for a long long time whoever holds the track record the name and time goes up on the hub rail right at the finishing post we saw the uh, the track record uh, fall last week new time history created first horse breaking 50 at albion park black sedans nine two is the new time uh, up there on the other uh, hub rail
3: yeah it's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's very exciting and obviously great for a um, local Queenslander um, born and bred to get that one on there. but yes, it's already up, so um, looking forward to uh, Pete seeing that, although he's not here tomorrow night, but um, yeah they'll be they'll be thrilled with that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, have you got a tip for the weekend?
3: Yes, race two, number four, Hipstar. He's been running terrific races, covering some great ground, but he just hasn't had that draw. So I think tomorrow night he's in a very winnable race.
2: Okay, so race two, number four, Hipstar. That's the uh, the best bet for Kate tomorrow night. There'll be more on the social pages in the morning?
3: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, The Creek Albion on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
2: Okay, excellent. Kate per normal, appreciate the time and we'll see you trackside tomorrow night.
3: Great, we'll see you then. Thanks, Chris.
2: There's Kate Bunt from Albion Park joining us. So uh, race two, number four, Hipstar is her best bet. But uh, as she said, tickets are still available for that pink ribbon race night tomorrow night, $70 per person. Just go online, check it all out. So it's gonna be a a good night there. And uh, as Kate outlined, all of those uh, funds going to a very worthy cause as well. So a good night coming up. We start at 5.50 tomorrow night. The boys are about to join us now. Ryan Spice and Darren Clayton, they're joining me now. Uh, Boys, good morning.
4: Morning, Chris. Morning, Ryan. Morning, fellas.
2: I've got to ask, the track record last week, 49-2, Darren Fiercely, your thoughts?
4: Oh, it was just brilliant. Just, you know, both a pair of sub-55 halves, opening half, second half, and then, um, yeah, I'm not sure how much he had left on the line. He was, I thought he might have been a bit flat. I've heard a little bit of commentary saying that he might have had a bit more if something come up and tested him, but... Uh, I, I think that he definitely left it all out there, I thought.
2: Okay, Ryan, you do a lot of form. You see a lot of fast times when you're doing the, the numbers in Sydney. Did you ever think you'd see the day that we'd go sub-50 at Albion Park?
5: Absolutely, Chris. This day's been coming for quite some time. We've seen numerous 50 miles, and it was just inevitable that we are going to get right conditions
2: and 50 was going to get smashed. So, that being said, how long will it be before they go sub 49,
5: Chris, I'm in the camp that we can substantially lower the mark with the right conditions and the right setup. I think if Black to dance ever got the uh, perfect setup in a race where he got to hammer a helmet, let's say if he got to trail Uncle Shank for the first thousand metres of a race, I, uh, I have no doubt they will break into the 48 barrier. Okay, Darren, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I think definitely that's the, the right setup. that's something that really goes hard early and he'd be able to follow that. Um, it's He did have to do a lot of that work himself there last week and, um, you know, I know Cruz Bromack is a horse that, you know, he's had his share of issues and he's on a bit of a comeback trail, but um, the way Black Sedance Dance put him away a long way from home, I think if... Um, a bit like ryan said if he had something to sort of go with him a little bit sooner um, it it might be a different story and follow that helmet but like i say he had worked hard and i think last week he'd certainly um, he'd had enough Mm i thought by the time he got there but yeah following a helmet different story
0: yeah chris just a question for you i know you follow american racing very closely what's the fastest track in the states and what could a horse like black sedance run over there
2: uh fastest track in america is the red mile mm. uh and, and that's where bulldog Hanover's going who's you know a chance of breaking the, the world record so they're eyeing off a feature race uh in the next couple of weeks kentucky faturities coming up for the trotters but they have feature racing that week and uh, that's the perfect opportunity to see a, a a brand new world record established so bulldog hanover will head that way but without doubt that's the fastest track and they'll race during the day as well which is more conducive to fast time so black sedans what could he run it's a great question and, and it's unknown steve because the, the, the style of racing they, they'll be able to do a bit more with the horse as far as treatment is concerned um so you know given the ideal conditions at the red mile there's no reason why he couldn't go you know sub 48
0: yeah they all race on lasix don't they love those horses could yeah yeah
2: yeah the bulk of them do
0: what about you ryan do you follow it's... racing in the states
5: no, Steve, I don't have the time. So.
0: <laughs> I thought you might yeah. say that.
5: Yeah, no. So how
2: does this free-for-all... How, how does the, the free-for-all play out tomorrow night? Northview Hustler, who was the runner-up behind Blacks at Dance last week in 49, so he took a bit of ground off him as well, but he didn't do any sort of work early, so he's entitled to, to make a sprint. Can he dominate this field tomorrow night, or does the, the barry draw make it a little bit tough?
5: Yeah, I'll go first, Chris. I think um, Northview Hustler was immensely impressive last week. He, he actually towed up the field as much as Black Sedance beat the rest. Um, I think this setup over 2100 is there is perhaps a little bit of lack of tempo in the early part once they find their positions. So I think Northview Hustler and Make Mine Memphis will have to do a fair bit of heavy lifting in the last thousand metres, but I do think they're the two to dominate.
2: Okay. What are your thoughts, Darren?
4: Yeah, I thought Northview Hustler. He was really good last week. Um, the way he finished off really found the line. Um, has has transferred into Brendan Barnes' care now. So he was with Jack Butler. Brendan now takes it over the horse for his father. Um, he, he was good last week. I thought Tommy Lincoln. He gets opportunity to press forward here from that from the good gate and. I'm actually putting Will the Wizard on top. I, I don't think his runs have been too bad of late. He's just had bad gates. And I, I think you take um, you know Blacks of Dance out of a couple of those runs and the fact he's got a pretty good record over 2100, I think um, he's the one for me that I think might just be able to, um, to take full advantage of some of those better class ones not being around.
2: OK. Kate was just on before. She was tipping Hipstar in race two. Do uh, both of you guys uh, rate this guy tomorrow night?
4: Yeah, well, I, I think he's a chance, he's going super, um, it's always a concern when horses have a long time off and he, he hasn't been able to win in five runs back from, a sp- from that uh, long spell, so always a concern there. I know Ryan and I had a little bit of a conversation uh, over Message a couple of weeks ago about the High Commander I th- uh, where he runs second in that race the, the, the other week, that which was the heat of this series. Uh, I thought he was super in front and Ryan really of the opinion that he needs a helmet to follow. Well, I thought he gets that opportunity tomorrow night and uh, if he finds a gap, it could be number eight for the pink ribbon uh, money going in the kitty.
2: Mm. They're good races, these uh, races that they're staging, these heat and final concepts.
4: Especially the split of the divisions, the 70s and 90s, and I think it uh, throws up a a good good change of... um, of speed in in each one and you get some going in both so yeah i i'd have to agree that they're they're really good
2: ryan which way do you go and race to at this early stage You with the high commander or have you found something else
4: Uh, i think the first
5: 200 meters will probably tell the tale here chris if what a roller can cross Mongolian conqueror then i think hipstar's clearly the horse to beat because he'll work forward and and maybe even roll to the top uh, if Mongolian Conqueror can boot up and hold in the high commander, If to trail in that leaders back position Well then I think it's certainly the, the horse to beat
2: Okay, so that's going to be a good race That's race number two Darren, where's your best bet tomorrow night?
4: Yeah, well, um, like you said Chris I think it's a, it's a really good night of racing But I thought for mine, um, need to be patient All the way down in race nine And I thought number five, airtime Um, These second division qualifiers Sometimes can be a little bit easier And I thought he gets his opportunity there He was um, chasing behind Saginaw Just got, um, last week Got carted out by a tiring runner And that sort of took all his momentum away. The start prior, he was really good. Charged home, only beaten a half-neck away. And I thought he certainly bobs up in a race there. There's going to be good early speed and pressure. There's a chance, loves to run the gate. Ryan's gangster probably has a good look as well. And uh, I thought that's an opportunity for airtime to capitalise. Okay, so that's race nine,
2: number five, airtime. Have you got any early numbers for me for the Quaddy?
4: Yeah, I thought... uh, in that first leg I thought the numbers 1, 2 and 3 were the ones to play uh, so am I should get the perfect trip in behind um, he was a good winner at Tamworth last time Scotch and Ice um, only narrowly beaten last week at Big Odds and Parama he was a really good winner last week in that second leg I'm happy to go one out with the three-year-old number three away we go um, he watched both his brothers win there last week Uh, Big wheels, Blacks-A-Dance, he gets his turn this week from the gate, and uh, I thought he could take control of that. The third leg, race number seven. I've got uh, Maywin Troubadour on top, number three. Uh, I thought he gets his chance to get across. Dr Feelgood will get a lovely trip in behind. Same sort of trip. He was uh, a close runner-up a couple of runs back. And number 8 back in town um, he'll be thereabouts as well either gets, stays to the fence or gets out into the running line as only the, the lone second liner and then the last leg I've got number 1 Carla Jane on top she certainly gets her chance here just a bit concerned that she's uh, having trouble to, to win a race of late dancing to the beat and Lady Ivana 2 and 5 are the other two that I'm throwing in Lady Ivana. she just needs conditions she just um, can't seem to, to jag any luck
2: Okay, so your numbers for the quarty at this early stage tomorrow night. One two three into three, then one three eight one two five.
4: Yeah, that's it, and yeah, hopefully we can cash in.
2: All right, twenty seven dollars for a hundred percent of the dividend. Ryan, where are we going for your best bet? Are we looking at Albion Park or is something taking your fancy down south? Chris,
5: we're heading to Melton in the Argent three year old classic, which is race number eight. I am keen on the chances of the Queensland Oaks winner in the form of Soho Historia. She draws barrier six, but it's the key part is she draws inside her key rival, Amor Vita. And at $2.15, I think she'll be working forward, taking control and
2: dashing a quarter and probably should be the hardest to beat. OK, so that's race eight, number six at Melton tomorrow night, the Queensland Oaks winner, Soho Historia. What else takes your fancy across the weekend?
5: Chris, I want to back up and give another push to a horse we found last week in Port-au-Prince in the Carousel Final. Jaws Barrier 1. This Carousel Final, I anticipate there'll be good tempo over the 2300 He's not a brilliant beginner. He will settle in the second half of the field. Robbie Morris just needs to get this horse into clear air, and he'll be storming home. It's currently $4.00 in the with tab. Without a doubt, I think uh, punters should wait till the point in the cycle when there's roughly $5.00 each way about. If he has any luck in running, I can't
2: see him not being in the finish. Okay, so that's race six, number one, portal Prince. That's in the group two carousel final at uh, Menangle tomorrow night. So race eight, number six, Melton, race six, number one at Menangle. Whilst I've got you and we, we keep talking about it, Steve and I do about this upcoming Victoria Derby series. We keep talking about Leap to Fame, Catch away. What were your thoughts on uh, Captain uh, Ravishing last week, first up in the Emma Stewart stable?
5: Um, certainly, quite a spectacular last half that horse was able to peel off. So the overall mile rate was was very slow. The first half was pedestrian. Um, the only thing the race proved was that that horse has just got blinding high speed. Uh, there's still a big question about Mark about whether he can run, the, you know, a 2700 meter trip at a at a solid clip. So we'll obviously find out in due course.
2: But uh, from the point of view of just unbridled speed, that horse has got it in spades. Okay, well, that's Captain Ravishing, and we get to see Danger Zone step out tonight at Shepherd at Race 8, number 8, first up for new trainer Craig Pretty Turnbull, and his daughter Abby takes the drive, so we'll be cheering on Danger Zone as he gets set to our campaign for that Victoria Derby series as well. Darren, as far as the dashboard is concerned, is that available on the RQ website as we speak?
4: Yeah, it's up and about, and... Um Got it there. A bit of some of my and away we go. A bit of uh, info on those guys. Air time, the best bet. Um, Quaddy numbers. Exotic trifecta race, I thought, was away we goes race. Um, and driver to follow tomorrow night. She doesn't drive that often. But Chantal Turpin with Peter Way in South Australia, um, she gets a very handy book. The High Commander, Will the Wizard, Away We Go, Back in Town and Riley Moment. So um, she gets her chance to... Um, to get a few winners, I thought.
2: OK, well we can find that on the RQ website, Darren Clayton's dashboard for Albion Park tomorrow night. Final question before I let you go this morning. News came through yesterday about this new slot race over in Perth. Uh, how do you think it's going to be received and uh, what was the uh, initial reaction? Ryan, you go first.
5: I think it's great, Chris. Anything to further the interest of all three codes is is a thing to be celebrated. I love that they've sort of come together to to push all three. Um, I don't think that there'll be a lot of movement between the eastern and western seaboard, you know, horses going over, just because of the difficulty of the task to transport the horses and set them and get
2: them ready. Um, But, yeah, no, it's great. Um, Can't wait. Darren, how many horses? What what would be a realistic target for uh, WA officials as far as attracting
1: eastern seaboard horses?
4: well i think if they if they got anything less than probably 3 or 4 um, i'd say that that would be the benchmark the, the pass mark that they would need to get because you take out if you don't get 3 or 4 from the east well um, you're un, you're running a local free for all of big money and to be fair like there there is some nice horses over there but you know you get outside the top 4 or 5 over there and and you're getting into sort of second tier free for all territory so um, I think they'd need a, a, at least three to four from the east or New Zealand, but like you mentioned, it's going to be the New Zealanders probably aren't going to be looking at making that extended trip when they've got their own slot race at basically the same time. So uh, it's an interesting one, but, yeah, I thought, um, thought three to four would, would be a, a, a pass mark at best that they'd need to attract.
2: How long do you think it'll be before we have a, a slot race in Queensland harness racing?
4: Oh, it's the way that everyone's looking at. I'd like to, I'd like to think that um, you know, just because everyone's doing it, yes, they they're good. But does it make it the best way? Like innovation isn't just copying other people. Innovation's finding new and uh, exciting ways to do it. So um, just because it works doesn't mean um, everyone should just pile in on it.
0: Mm, so in saying that, what would you come yeah. up with, Darren?
4: Yeah, I, I think I'd have to. You know, you'd have to sit down and talk to, um, I guess sponsorship would be the first thing, and, and how you attract that sort of money because um, getting that sort of sponsorship on board. And I, I was always a big fan of the jewels concept, Stephen. If you got the jewels concept in free-for-all company, a bit like the Grand Circuit, rather than just racing for points and you hand a trophy out at the end of the year, you get the, um, you know, the top ten. Um, point scorers throughout the year into one race, and that way it also encourages the the horsemen and the, and the trainers that they have to race to get in those big races to go around. A little bit like the golf um, FedEx Cup, you know, the, it's only the top 30 get to the end, and then it's those 30 that go around for the big payday. Ryan, any
2: thoughts?
5: I'm probably at the other end of the spectrum, Chris. I, I think it's something that we definitely should do, and there's plenty of room within the existing Constellations Carnival where it could slot nicely. Um, on the Queensland Sun night, you know, I could easily see a six-horse mile slot race for half a million dollars. Um, it can happen, it should happen, and I hope uh, RQ and the clubs work together to make it happen.
2: Good. Interesting thoughts. Appreciate both your time this morning. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk soon.
4: Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend.